0: new shows every day find us at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from hockey fans if you'd like a copy of my new book tales with tr fights film and folklore head on over to blankerpress.com. If you'd like a personalized copy for $25 plus shipping, email me at terryryan2020 at gmail.com. That's terryryan2020 at gmail.com. Welcome to episode 99A of Tales with Tiara. 99. In hockey, it's just, that's what Gretzky did. It's just the number. Gretzky transcends sports that way. You can even talk McDavid, 97, or Lemieux, 66. Number four, Bobby Orr. But when you see the number 99, at least for me. Wayne Gretzky pops into my head. How's everybody doing? Hope it was a great Easter, or at least somewhat of a positive vibe of an Easter. Or if you're not uh, into Easter or religion, you just had a nice break. It's a positive time of year. I enjoy uh, Easter more for the weather than anything. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not overly religious. Did grow up going to Catholic school, experienced all of that. And it's symbolism, right? It's still the symbols of the Easter aren't negative to me. They're positive. They're just not religious. They're not tied in with Jesus. I mean, I guess they are. My memory's like it or not are associated with that because i'm catholic my early you know my early years you when know, i went to catholic school newfoundland that's the way the schools were separated i didn't pay extra or decide i'm going to be catholic and go to catholic school the schools were denominational yes they were the last in canada by a landslide and into the late 90s so and again we don't sit here talking about religion. Newfoundland, it was more, I go to Catholic school, you go to Protestant school, so I guess we're supposed to fight. Right? <laughs> you fuck you, Ryan, you dirty mick. I don't even know what it meant, right? We basically believe the same things, too, which, you know, it just point being, the kids didn't even talk about it. I went to a Catholic school. We had religion, though every day it was a subject. We did, and uh, in Newfoundland... I went to St. Bonds. So. Of the schools. You know, there was a bunch of. I went to an all boys school. So there was St. Pat's St. Bonds Holy Cross. And a lot more. I'm just. Those were the rivalry for me because they were right in our wheelhouse. All the students kind of get lunch together. And when it's all boys. There was. uh, What was it? Our Lady of Mercy. There was an all girls school close. Right. It was just that there was more of that going on back then. Uh, And I don't have bad memories. I enjoyed it all. I I just wasn't religious. You know, when I started questioning that in grade two, when we were supposed to go to our first confession, and I never really did understand it. I said, brother, uh, what was my teacher's name? Brother, Brother Estrada. I believe, I said, brother, why am I telling you guys my innermost secrets? You guys don't sin. I don't understand it. And I I really meant it. I mean, I, I still mean it today, but it's funny. That's where my innocent, naive head was. Right? And then, and I remember him laughing, too. I had a few, like, good teachers that were brothers, you know members of the uh what's it called the uh the Christian brotherhood here in, in Newfoundland. I mean that's how hockey was separated right there there would be the Brother Rice Celtics then there would be Avalon then there would be Mount Port- like but there there were religious teams within the league. Uh when I say religious I mean not really religious but it's just automatically because that's the way the schools were separated. Not that anybody fucking asked me this today, but it does come up here and there when I talk about it. People are like, what? You went to an all boys Catholic school? Yeah. And it was public. It wasn't like I, you know, it was just it. there was a lot of schools back then that were either all boy or all girl and they all were separated by religion. So if, many times was the case if, if there was a school directly across the street, but it was Protestant then you would have to, and you were Catholic, then you would have to get a bus two miles away if necessary, but you weren't allowed to go to the Protestant school. Stupid. Now, to finish that thought, and then I'm going to move on to something. I'm going to run away from this conversation. But to finish the conversation, I'm the only one talking, monologue. To finish that thought, there was a movie, oh, God. Just one second. I got to look this up. Spotlight. So Spotlight, and I I believe if it wasn't movie of the year, uh, didn't get the Oscar, it was up for it, but who gives a fuck anyway? What's the Oscars? Bunch of opinions from. A lot of people I don't really care to hear opinions from. Anyway, anyway, uh, I, I shouldn't say that. I love movies, just the Oscars this year really got me down with that fucking idiotic slap from a pompous asshole. Anyway, Spotlight, you know, it dealt with <clears throat> I even hate to say this as a Catholic because I don't really believe in it, but but there are good people. But anyway, there were a lot of priests that were, you know, they were sexually abusing kids. It was a kind of a worldwide thing when it but it was a worldwide thing. And and it still goes on. And I, I believe, if you ask me, I think that's a problem with the Catholic Church. If you if you don't allow marriage or, or sexual, I guess, uh, you know, it, I just think the way it's set up, I don't want to get too far into this because there's great priests as well. A lot taught me, and I'm sure some were great. But the whole nature of it, I guess, if, if you were uh, felt. Yeah. A- anyway, I don't want to get into it. But clearly there's an inherent problem, right? Because a bunch of priests worldwide were uh, caught abusing children. So in Newfoundland was actually, it was called Mount Cashel. There's a movie out about it called The Boys of St. Vincent. I don't know if you can get it anymore. But that predated Spotlight. Boston has a lot of similar uh, people, similar culture as, as Newfoundland. Uh, a lot of people went on there. Well, a lot of the priests back in, especially, the well, obviously, the Catholic Church, I don't know how they do it. They disperse people, but there was a lot of common denominators, right? A lot of people went from here to Boston or whatever. But that movie Spotlight that dealt with that. Right. And then they all, they almost in the movie make I mean it's a great movie, but it mean, makes it seem like they're cracking some case. The Newfoundland cases happened here two or three years before. The Mount Cashel, the first guy's name was Father Hickey. We all found out about it. And I'm going in to get my to, to give my confession. And I remember, I swear to you, I remember coming out and going, I don't fucking believe this. In grade two or three, maybe I didn't say the word fuck, but I was pissed. I probably did, honestly. I started, you know, but when you get a bunch of boys together that aren't supposed to swear, what happens? (laughs) You start cursing like a fucking wounded sailor in, like, grade one or two. That's the truth. Get a bunch of boys together all the time. More fights, more cursing. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to. Anyway, I just remember saying that, going, you know, like, I'm really nervous about going in here, and I stole my buddy's deed, G.I. Joe, and I really borrowed it, but I remember that. I had a problem. It was a guy, Joey Fowler. Great guy, too. We ended up being really good friends. Well, we were really good friends, but he took my He-Man or some shit, and I was pissed off. And I remember going, fuck him. Then I took his GI Joe that weighed on my mind, that weighed on my mind I a week. And finally, I was like, I'll go to confession. And then I remember all this going down at the same time, like the word word hitting, you know, like because parents were concerned. Most of my teachers, not all of them, not all of them. There was lots of people that weren't. But most of my teachers were priests. Um, we even had a couple of nuns. That was rare, but we did have some nuns. And, um, meaning it was, it was very, the whole setup was, was religious, obviously. But I remember that going like, what the fuck is this? Like, I, I got to come in here and really like, it, it just bothered me the whole week thinking I'm going to go to hell and I got to come in here and, and, and confess to, to, to some guy that probably jerked off a kid, you know, like it just didn't make any sense and it still doesn't make any sense. But that was the beginning of the end for me in the Catholic Church. I was I was smart enough to put it together back then that that was the ultimate hypocrisy in that having some you know eight or nine year old kid who's probably ten I guess at the time who's uh, you know emotions are fragile and li- literally letting this kid believe that he's going to go to hell if he doesn't fucking go in there and convince to you the high and mighty asshole that just jerked off some kid and ruined his fucking dreams forever. Right. I could put that together at that age. And again, I'm not saying it's all bad, but you know, I, I I really started looking into it in like grade six or seven. You really want to know? I love the beginning of the Catholic church and the Christian crusades just kill people in the name of the Lord for no for greedy, selfish fucking reasons. Like you don't have to look too far to see that it's all hypocrisy. Now, is any religion not hypocrisy? I, I I don't know. It's hard for me to find one that I can really cling to. The closest thing would be Buddhism, I guess, because it's like basically everything's connected. I, I think basically everything is connected. That's life, right? Like if something's alive and I'm alive, then Either I have the power to step on it and crush it, or, or I can live symbiotically with it. That's kind of what Buddhism is. <laughs> Who am I to say? But kind of, meaning there's no, like, one guy that if I don't follow the commandment, I'm going to go to hell. But I, I think that's just the most fitting Buddhist because it's the most loose and vague term. Uh, like Ricky Gervais says, you know, how many religions are there? Two thousand? You know, how many do you believe in to a religious person? Well, I believe in one. He said, yeah, I believe in one less than you do. You know, most people, whatever part of the world you're from, you probably believe that religion, right? Now, now again, I'm sitting here talking like some fucking atheist. I'm not. At all, at all. I do believe there's something. I believe that, I mean, you have to have faith. I believe my grandfather knows my. Not only accomplishments in sports, that's really trivial, but that that I'm a good person, that I had Penny Lane. That that I I did what the, the little life lessons that he would tell me. I, I don't really care to know that he <laughs> you'd like to think that someone's peering down, oh look, Terry played eight games for the Montreal Canadiens. That's unbelievable. I I just don't see it like that. I just don't think I can comprehend it. And that's why I don't think about it a lot. Have faith, be a good person, do on like me and Penny Lane say, do on to others you want done unto yourself is the first commandment we live by and the second one is all you need is love Uh, and the first one is out of the bible and the second one is out of my bible which is the beatles lyrics Uh, but anyway this i hope doesn't come off as some pessimistic negative thing on easter because religion brings a lot of people a lot of good i think it does more good than bad when I get a church up the road, I often go <clears throat> on Sunday. And I often I go to Protestant and I go to Catholic, if you could believe that. Because in these, I won't say Mount Pearl is a small town, but a lot of people share the same beliefs and it's a nice gathering place. And you're there and you, you know most of it is, without being technical, I don't really, what does it matter if I believe that Jesus or Moses, was it part of the Red Sea? what what does it matter that i I think I believe in dinosaurs not Adam and Eve if the person next we don't have to talk about that the person next to me is there to raise money for this children's hospital and uh, spread positive vibes uh, being the collection went to a couple of weeks ago they put a collection around I don't know if people know that in, in Catholic church there's and they'll often say today's collection is going to the church so and so or this but this particular day there was I feel ignorant to it, but there's so many. I forget what it was, but that's what happens in church. So anyway, right? People wouldn't believe that, but it's not that I never, it's rare, but it's not that I never go. Sometimes I will drop in, but it's always, you know, people there in a positive vibe and they're there to celebrate love, I think, and humanity, <laughs> if they were really to think about it. you know, You're not there to dwell on Jesus dying on the cross. You're supposed to be aware of it anyway that's my take no one asked fucking hockey show now i'm a half hour in talking about religion but uh you would even i know i'm going to get these nasty emails you you would be surprised uh because i guess you would consider what i think is agnostic but spiritual i'm not down on atheists either i'm not or or people that are total bible thumpers just we all got to get along and uh we have to share the same sort of reality. I do believe that if we don't share a reality, it's going to be hard to, to you know, like the, the the people that flew into the twin towers, right. They fully believed that 72 virgins were waiting for them. They were like, whatever they were fed in their religion, <clears throat> I'm not that familiar. Uh, w- right. And, and then that happens. So, you know, you talk to a lot of you know, no matter what religion, uh, let's use Catholic as an example. Um, someone might say, well, you know, they're going to have a nuclear war and you might say, well, it doesn't matter because Jesus said that was going to happen. So we're supposed to die for our sins and he's going to come back. Now, if you, if you if that's where it gets dangerous because now if you're willing to, you know, oh, okay, now we're getting a little bit into territory that, okay, so you die. You don't care if I, if we start not, You see what I'm saying? Once death comes into it and no fear whatsoever for the future of humanity, then you might have a problem, right? And nuclear weapons and shit like that can wipe out a lot of people. If the wrong people are on the wrong ends using religion as a guise, then there's a problem. Of course, we're not there yet. Most wars, I think, I could say at least half of them were started by religion. George Carlin, one of the great comedians ever, my favorite comedian. I think my favorite quote by George Carlin. Look it up if you don't know George Carlin. He's just a sensible thinker. I agree with 75% of what he says, not all. But you don't have to agree with all. I think he's just a a genius. And it it goes beyond comedy. Uh, It's funny because he's pointing out such obvious realisms in everyday life that that you're going, wow, yeah, I guess you're right. Right. With some guys, Jerry Seinfeld points out animal noises, <laughs> right? So, I mean, they're both great. I fucking love Jerry Seinfeld, too. But some comics force you to be intellectual. So anyway, but he says religion is passed off as a good thing, but it's probably the most catastrophic thing to ever happened to mankind. And I can't say I disagree. Right. It's also... For those, again, the majority of people that use it the right way, it's a shared belief that each culture has had to this point that's helped us socialize and be human. So we probably wouldn't be here. So it's a catch-22. But in these days, I do think, you know, once we figured out that the earth was round, that everything wasn't revolving around the earth. Once we realize that dinosaurs happen, that science, I mean, you can believe in science and still believe in some sort of religion, right? But a lot of people think it's one or the other. And when it starts to be religion over the fact that, you know, like I've often said, every, the example I like to use is every few years, there's like an eclipse in, in, in part of the earth especially if it's in the States, you'll see people like a few years ago, there was like this total eclipse and it wasn't going to happen again until 2027, I believe. So a few years away. And it was a strip that went right across the middle of the United States that you were going to see a complete blackout. Um, Meaning, sorry about that. My phone's ringing in the background. Not going to answer. Just going to let it go it's eight o'clock in the morning and I'm actually closing a house today. My, my daughter and I are moving into a house. So it's an exciting morning for me. Okay. Um, I don't even know if you heard that, but there was a phone ringing in the background, but I'll move on. So for those that are still listening, and I will get onto hockey after this, it that's, so there was, there was a, a strip, you know, that you were going to, I mean, if you were looking at the map, like there was there was a portion of the map right across the United States, it went northwest to southeast, right across Seattle area, right down to Florida. So picture like a a, a line connecting the two. Three or four hundred miles apart uh, wide. So that was the little sliver of the sky that was going to shine or or. Peer down onto the earth and you were going to see this total blackout eclipse. Everywhere else was going to see a bit of an eclipse, but you're going to see a total, total blackout right middle of the day. Stars are out. Going to be wild. So. People from all over and the American South of a lot of religious people as well, so a lot of people and it was happening near and, and in the American South. So all kinds of people, like, I mean, they're camping out. There's millions and millions of people. All If you, if you follow it all the way up. And then these small towns that are, happen to be on this path, right? And people are flocking there. Now, a lot of those people, I'm not saying the majority, but a lot of those people don't believe that dinosaurs happened, okay? And if you're one of them, fair enough. But I ask you this now. Like I said, you don't have to not, just because Adam and Eve has been proven wrong, maybe there's a little portion of that. I mean, even when I was 10, I didn't believe, I could be the staunch Catholic, I, I didn't believe the New Testament, or Old Testament. There's two Testaments, the Old and the New. The New, a lot of that is real, totally. Jesus was a person, Told to punch his pilot. All that happened. I just don't know about the resurrection, but who am I to say? But that's, that, that happened. The Old Testament is like God made Earth in seven days, right? Adam and Eve and Eve took a bite of the apple and we're all doomed forever because of humanity's sins. So anyway, there's a lot more to it. But those are the fantastical kind of like, you know, magic stuff happens in the Old Testament. So. A lot, but a lot of people. But if, if, basically, if you believe that dinosaurs happened, which trusting people that have been educated and scientists that their whole lives that have left us here, from Charles Darwin, right on down to Jane Goodall, to uh, working with apes and 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 tribes, and to, we're we're trying to put this together. People that are far smarter than me and and likely you listening to this. have have, have, have figured out that dinosaurs existed and it doesn't take much of a leap now to realize that, right? Dinosaurs go back millions of years. So it's probably Adam and Eve didn't happen if the dinosaurs happened, right? Doesn't mean that fuck you religion or Catholic is completely off base, but you got to kind of suspend belief now a little bit. And, you know, way back people, you would have been stoned to death for saying that the earth you know that the earth was round or that you know the whole universe didn't revolve around god's people right the earth now we realize that that's not true right i mean we realize that if nothing else the universe is bigger than we ever could have imagined uh and, and even then still bigger than we could have imagined and we still know it's just massive and the odds are there's life in millions of places it doesn't have to be this kind of life, but you know, there's life, whatever, probably, you know, the, the odds are we're, we're exploring, we're still learning, but so of all those people that went there to watch that and, but they, but they don't believe in dinosaurs, they believe in Adam and Eve, but the point is, what are you going to see? Like you. You're, 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 A lot of those people took, like, time off. They took their families to see a once-in-a-lifetime event. They drove to Kansas City or wherever it might have been, those kind of places, American Midwest, right down, right across the states. And So you're going to invest all that money and time. And you, how do you know when you get there that there's going to be an eclipse? How do you know? But you're positive, and it did happen. Well, you knew because you trusted the scientists that, that told you that. Right? You trusted the very people that are telling you that, yes, this, this same science is telling us that dinosaurs happened, that the Earth is seven or eight billion years old. The universe is 13.5 billion years old. The light that we're seeing, the sun's light takes seven minutes to get to Earth. Most of the lights that you're seeing out there other than the planets, and they don't glow. They're just reflecting light from the stars. The stars are millions and billions of light years away light years and light's the fastest thing in the universe you can't go faster than light if you approach the speed of light you'll slow down so that's how far away that shit is and we and people know it they believe it because it's been proven yet yet and you might be one of them and please i'm not i'm not in any way trying to laugh at your intelligence because I'm a hypocrite in many ways many ways it just if if I could get <coughs> I respect religion and everything but that that was that's the one thing that I would ask you that's the one thing that I would ask you say like why do you like so many things in day-to-day life depend on us trusting that science and i'm not i'm not talking about there's other so you scientists can be fucking wrong the coronavirus this shit has been up and in mass work no they don't uh you know this one vaccine is going to work no you know you need four i'm not saying that they're always right always but certain things have been proven and, and, and built upon right like gravity we get it <laughs> we get it right i think that was isaac newton uh you know we know that Einstein split the atom. We, we know that that happens, and, and the nuclear bomb, we, we can see it. Like there are certain things that science brought us that you can see. I'm not saying it's always right. I think science basically is just trial and error. And, you know, and you, you go forward into the future and it's trial and error. And a scientific method is a scientific experiment that basically, you know, you just you prove things until they can't be proven. And I mean, that's it. That's basically like a conversation right like a debate it's just that scientifically you're just doing it using science it's that now that's my stance i'm giving you where i come from Uh, do i laugh at you I'm, i'm probably not right i mean there's a lot of amazing things happening and we haven't really found intelligent life and that that's really odd the odds With that, I mean, we could be living in a simulation. One of those religions could be right. Not all of them. So the chances are, to some degree, my point of view exists whereby, well, it exists, (coughs) but to some degree, what I'm saying has to have an element of truth because you, you all can't be right. If they, I'm, I'm, there's probably people from all kinds of religious backgrounds. So I don't want to start that feud. I don't want to say anything like that. And I like my stance. I, I'm spiritual. I believe that whatever's inside me makes me tick was already there. I believe it could keep going. Who knows? Maybe I'm walking around. Maybe heaven. Maybe I'm walking out the clouds. Maybe there are 72 virgins and I'm the luckiest fucking non-believer there is. Who knows? Uh, I'm just saying I... would I'd like to just respect people, have a conversation. And I think in the end, the belief should be about being a good person, right? I mean, it should be. And I, I think most of the religions go that way. So rather than argue about specifics, right? I mean, I just gave you a background of why I think what I do. But you could say, Terry, well, they did find the shroud of turn, and they believe you know, Jesus did exist, and... Uh, I think he did resurrect. And I think that's what makes him, I know it goes against science, but I think that's what makes, makes it such an amazing, uh, uplifting spiritual experience is because I believe that did happen. And I'd say, ah, you could be right. Cheers. (laughs) Right. So please don't think that I'm laughing at you. If you're religious, uh, I'm giving you where I'm coming from. And I was a bit scared as a kid, to be honest. I knew kids. I won't, obviously, I'm not going to say their names, but you get molested by a priest and that can stick with you. Uh, not that, not that I did, uh, but you know, your friends and shit, that that was a big deal. And uh, we all kind of got sour on the church for a bit. Maybe that's our own, our own bias opinion. But in the end, I ended up being a peace loving, uh, I'd like to say humanitarian with some sort of moral compass. You know, that's it. Okay, fuck, after that. Austin Matthews. Didn't play. I don't know. I don't like the looks of that. Uh, Not because I was hoping for him to get 60. I've come to realize about 70% of my audience are Leafs or Habs fans, so that's why I always go there. If you'd like me to go to another team, I do watch all the games. Uh, People do send some mail in. Uh, Twitter, by the way, Terry Ryan 20, I believe it is on Twitter. And that's probably the best way at this point to ask me a question to do with the show. That's the easiest way. That's what I'm using it for, for the most part now, the interaction. But, uh, Anyway, a lot of people commented on it because I'd talked last week about people taking a load management time off, but I don't believe that this is this to me smells funny. I don't know, you know, because I can see, you know, Oh, we're going to give him a break, but it's just an odd time. And he's had those ongoing issues Uh, meaning the wrist, you know, is uh, surgery. When was that? The beginning of this season, I believe. And anyway, I wish them all the best because uh, when you do, I mean, I went my whole life. I played for the St. John's Maple Leafs, which is Toronto's affiliate team. And I never paid attention to the Leafs then like I do now. I, I, I've never really, I said, my buddy went through a few years ago to become the equipment manager. David Roper, one of the equipment managers, Rope Dog. And uh anyway, I started and then this podcast started. So I'm like, I better I better keep my finger on the pulse, right? That's kinda how I started watching all all of uh got right into football and basketball in the process. So I guess there it was the year before Toronto won it in basketball. So I guess five years now. that I've been really following. And uh, a lot of the shows I listen to are Toronto-based or Montreal-based. There's just Not a lot to talk about with the Habs right now, other than I think they have a bright future, brighter than we thought they did. And uh, the panic button has been avoided, I think, with the Montreal Canadiens. And I love how happy their young players look. That's my religion, happiness. Don't those guys look like they're having a blast? They didn't at the beginning of the year, did they, at all? But they look like it now, and I think they're exactly where they should be. The Montreal Canadiens, you know, uh, they had a good experience last year. Guys like uh, Caulfield and God, I love watching Suzuki and Ryan polling Is it? He's he's Paling. He's playing a bit. I I, I really, uh, I he played one game, remember, a few years ago, and had a hat trick. And I I knew he was punching above his weight because he's not a huge scorer like that. Then he came back and came down to earth a little bit, but he's coming. Guys like that who aren't going to game, game break right away like Caulfield, they need a bit of time and confidence, and I think that's it. In a weird way, when you're halfway through a year that you're totally lost like the Habs, you start winning the odd game, and it's a perfect situation if you're a young player, right? Because there's absolutely no pressure on you, right? We're supposed to lose. What goes, What happens then with that? You go out and you start winning. This one's sick. Hello. Two titles are up for grabs on the stacked UFC 273 fight card. Join the action with DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. New customers can bet just $5 on any fighter and get $100 in free bets. Win or lose, guaranteed. If the sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the excitement. Everyone can play for a share of millions in prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy MMA Contest. DraftKings safe, secure, reliable. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Throw down $5 on UFC 273 and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the UFC. 21 plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Okay. that was Danielle Penny Lane has soccer camp later good thing I answered Okay, what was I talking about anyway uh, so the Habs look like they're having fun and I I think when there's no pressure to do absolutely anything you you get a lot better my my 16 year old here in Tri-City we well we made the playoffs on a play-in game we tied exactly with the Victoria Cougars and we had to beat them and they sucked and we beat them. It was pitiful and then we got in the playoffs and got waxed by Tacoma, but we were one of the worst teams in the league, right? And we knew that halfway through. So I remember halfway through the year, trading away all the 1920 year olds and all of a sudden myself, Damon Langkow, Sheldon Surrey, uh, Chad Cabana, they kept him, uh, Ryan Walt, Ryan Marsh, Boyd Olson, all of a sudden, uh, Mark Steffen, Mark Hurley, Mike Hurley, we we were all kind of competing for like last spots, and then all of a sudden, when they bought into us, we're going to lose this year. Traded away all those guys, brought in some other young guys like Dorian Anik and Mike Dubinsky, like some of our our friends that we knew, and we had an absolute blast. And I went from squeezing the stick to being like, "Hey man, this is like playing at Mount Pearl, right?" and I mean, that was the biggest, the the last part of my 16 year old year was definitely the biggest moment that I remember, like improvement in junior. And I guess by extension, probably ever right. Junior, you're going to improve the most your body's growing, but uh, yeah. And you'd look it up. I, I had 33 points when I was 16 and I'm telling you, most of those came in the last part. I, I, I was really struggling at Christmas. If you want to say that, I mean, I was a 16-year-old on the team in Major Junior, and I could always fight, so I'd get in there, and they'd let that happen then. They didn't give a shit. I was 16, but I was feisty. So I don't know, but it was something to the tune of, say, halfway through, because we had the under-17 worlds, too, and I remember talking to the boys, and Josh Green had by far the most points, and I caught him. <coughs> uh, Iggy was there. But anyway. I remember at Christmas say having say forty games played, maybe two goals, five assists, and, and maybe like a hundred minutes. I know I I was dropping the gloves, but then, you know, I finished with thirty three points, respectable sixty one games, I believe it was. But the next year, one hundred and ten right points, fifty goals, and it was all just built on on the. But if I didn't have that connector there of of, of all kinds of ice time on a losing shitty team. I don't know that that would have happened. So where those young guys are now on the Habs is just a great place to be. So even if they get waxed, they're supposed to, they have a plan. Three, four months ago, I would have said they're going to be last place for the next five years. I really would have. I probably did. Uh, But I do see. Not only a bit of light, a lot of light at the end of that tunnel. Now, talking Leafs, going back there. Um, yeah, man, I don't know. It doesn't look good to me. And uh, they're, they're, they're usually, their issue in the playoffs is, uh, you know, usually the lack of spunk or whatever it is. Now, do I think that's going to happen again? I don't. I wish they were healthy, though, to give it a good try. Because if if your best weapon, your best gun, your best scorer, has got a bad wrist. And again, I'm only speculating, but if that's the case, fuck, it's going to be tough because you can't play not tentative with a bad wrist. It's impossible. You can go out there with every intent that I'm going to finish my checks and you might be doing that, but there's going to be times that, you know, you just have an injury. That's it. I mean, all those injuries I tell you guys about playing through and shit, like, you know, I remember playing with, you know, I would say the times that it happened, but more than once with like broken ribs and shit like that. And you want to go out there for the boys and everything, but sometimes you're like you're almost doing the team a disservice because you're tentative, right? You don't want to be. You're going out there, but, I mean, fuck, man, you can't breathe. Or, or, or your hip or your knee or your fucking ankle or whatever it is. Um, I just, uh, you know, I, I don't care what you say. You can go all in. You can't go all in. You can, you can almost go all in, but there's going to be times that you pull up a bit. And I think the Leafs, for them to do it, I think they got a great team. I'm iffy on the goaltending, but um, and but, I mean, but no one's talking about. I guess I'm not talking about, but a lot of people aren't. I don't think realize that uh, how good Calgary actually are. Like they're dangerous, man. They're dangerous, and there's the age-old argument of size. And look at how feisty they are. Look at the tough guys they got. Don't you think that helps Johnny Goudreau skate around like that? See the goal he got last night? Just skating full on around the ice with no one hitting him, which is great. But I mean, I I do believe that part of the reason that he doesn't get hit a lot is because he's playing on a real tough team. And the guys, I'm not saying goons either, right? Um, I love where Lucic has landed. Like, he was getting shit on. When you take the expectation away from 30 goals to like 10, and third or fourth line, he becomes an asset. Calgary really maximized his potential because the few years before, I got to be honest, Edmonton dropped the ball there. <clears throat> he was run out of Edmonton for the most part. Anyway, I think they're dangerous. Uh, Edmonton, I'm not sold on. It's just the goaltending. But they're, they're magic to watch. Every time I turn on an Oiler game, I'm mesmerized at some point. I can't believe what that much must look like live. It must be fucking crazy to watch McDavid and Drys Seidel. I mean, I know they are other great players, but I'm mostly talking McDavid here. There's the speed of his hands and the speed at which he skates. If it looks crazy on TV, it must be nuts. I remember seeing Patrick Kane and he's the closest thing to McDavid that, you know, because he kind of skates... He's fast, and his, his, his hands are really quick. You know, quick. They're quick. There's a lot of similarities, is all I'm saying. But when you see Kane live, I remember going, okay, whoa, this is fucking next level. Well, I, th- I, th- I think he's a poor man's McDavid. Like, I can't imagine what it must be like seeing McDavid like that. Oilers fans, man, if you're like 70 and you've gone through Or 60, I guess, and you've seen and appreciated all that hockey in Edmonton. I know you haven't had winning teams every year, but my God, have you seen some unfucking believable players? When you think, like, in the history of the Leafs, like Matthews just smashed the record with 58 goals. I know it's a lot of goals, but in all that history, no one had 50 for the last, like, 30 years. You know, their last cup was 67. You know, the Habs, the, the winningest team ever, but they haven't won since 1993. Right? Calgary's had some fucking unreal teams. They've been in the final, but they they won it in 89, I think. You know, like, Ottawa, I don't think of what, well, I mean, Ottawa won it when. 1920, we're literally talking 100 years there. Canucks got close a couple times. Winnipeg's underachieved. Right? If you're an Oiler fan, if you're an Oiler fan, you've had ups and downs, but you've consistently seen Hall of Famers. You've never not had a Hall of Fame player on your team. Even like for for the, for for the couple of years that it looked like you wouldn't, you know, Chris Pronger was there. Right? Is Ryan Smith a Hall of Famer? I kind of think he should be. With all those goals. Um, Anyway, you've more often than not had a hall of famer on your team. Right? Which is wild. I really love watching games in Edmonton, too. I love it. It's a vibe. Wherever you go after, there's a vibe. I mean, of course, there's a vibe in big cities. There's no fluke that you walk out of the Air Canada Center, go to Queen West, and there's going to be a party. But in Edmonton, It's just it's more spread out, I find, where I go anyway. But I can go to, like, White Avenue after a game, which isn't really, you know, it's not close in the sense of the other downtowns, uh, a lot of them. But it'll still be, like, Oilers fans talking Oilers, talking shop. Hockey will still be on the TV. They'll probably have the game back on again. Right? People are all – and and that's Canada for the most part. But I just – there's a flavor in Edmonton. And I can't, I'm not the best at articulating it all the time, but there is a flavor and I love it. And Alberta in general uh, gives me, well, I think I just got a lot of friends there. You know, my ex-wife's from there. Part of Penny Lane's life is, is there. Um, Tyson's out there Well, he's in Hawaii now. Um, But, uh, you know, a lot of Newfoundlanders out there. Um, it's beautiful. I, I find in Newfoundland, you know, we've got the cliffs and the beautiful ocean. They've got the mountains. We've got fishing. They've got farming. But there tends to be a lot of the same people. Um, same kind of people. Um, Yeah. And uh, speaking of people in general, we got Robbie Shrimp coming. Uh, for episode 99B, and that will come at you not tomorrow, but the next day, Thursday. Robbie Schrempf, uh, he is five hours ahead, so I'm going to interview him on Thursday, I believe at 10. Is it or noon my time? So Newfoundland time. So uh, it probably won't be up till later on Thursday. Wherever you're listening from, if if it's in North America, it'll be up maybe supper time, maybe a little bit later. But I'm going to shoot for supper time on Thursday. Um, actually, it should be, yeah. Uh, it should be up by then. I keep forgetting I, I'm ahead of most of you guys I'm talking to. Um, of course, there's a lot of you listening now, more and more from Australia. So thanks for that. I don't know how that happened, but uh, if you're listening to this from Australia, do me a favor. Send me a note. Who should I interview from over there? I'd love to. uh, And I know an old teammate, Steve McKenna, started a league. Or I would never know how to get a hold of him. He started a league there. I don't even know if it's relevant anymore. But I know there is hockey over there. I know it's catching on. And I know I have an audience in in, in Australia. So if you're listening, shoot me a note. I'd love to interview somebody from uh, your part of the world. About hockey would be fantastic, but it doesn't have to be about hockey. Anyway, that's it. Uh, Green Sleeves, downtown Uptown, TJ's Pub, Bull and Barrel, and Trinity Pub. Check those out. Those are the bars that I hang out at the most. Merchant Tavern. What a spot, as is. Wedgwood Cafe at the end of Elizabeth Avenue. Go in, check it out. Wedge also caters. So uh, he's one of my good friends, yes, but also one of the most respected chefs in town. Penny Posh. Women's Wear Reimagined. This has been episode ninety-nine A of ales with TR. Oh, Kodiak, C B D and THC rub as well. Check that out for my friend Merle. This has been episode ninety-nine A of Tales with TR. Robbie Shrimp up in a couple of days. Easter's in and out. The weather's getting warmer. The days are getting longer. The music's getting louder. And the vibe, the vibe is getting better. See you all, or hear you all, or you can hear me. In two days from now, with Robbie Shrimp on Tales with TR, thank you for listening and catch you on The Rebound. See you all soon.